thank you so much, BBS Radio and BBS family, for making it possible for our work to be heard over the entire world through your station. We appreciate it. Today it is February the 7th, 2022. My name is Gijs Minderhout, located in Northern California, and we have Win Free here on the line with us. Win, are you available? I see you muted on your own end. Here I am. All right. You want me to start a recording? Uh, no, I got it all queued up, so I can do it. Okay. Thank you. Um, are you guys tracking all that stuff with the Canadian truckers? Yeah. I am not. Yeah. Been watching some of it, yeah. It's you know, fantastic. it's like the government is being amazingly um, <laughs> passive or hostile. You know, um, they won't let people bring the gas. For example, that would be bad anyway. They they run on diesel. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess they, they're probably running their trucks to keep the heat going or something. You know. Hi Terry. Hi. Hello. Hi Terry. Hi. And I guess they'll be stuck there for a while. They don't have any diesel. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, you know, they're probably screwing up deliveries all over Canada right now. You know, making mistakes. Yep. Hello. Hi, Joy. Hi, Joy. Hi, Joy. Hi, Joy. Welcome, Bonnie. Hi. Hi, Bonnie. <laughs> hi, Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. Hello. Hi. Thank you, hi. I was going to do a... Maybe I'll start the recording. <clears throat> Hello to everybody on BBS. February 7th. <laughs> The recording has started. Hello this session everybody. is no longer being recorded. The recording has started. This is February 7th, 2022. Lynn and Terry in Sedona. And we're doing a replay tonight. And, you know, at one point, we were only doing Monday calls, nothing else. Now we're doing... Muted. Now we're doing 10 calls a week. And oftentimes, when we were just doing Monday calls, there were kind of breakthrough calls. Because as I was learning things, I was sharing them. And 
for those who are regulars, we have been communicating to sources on the other side since 2002. And it wasn't just any sources. It was the two group souls that have done interventions throughout history. Um, that have often been interpreted as God. And we started um, talking about things. You know, we started out, I just stayed to talking about how the universe works and who the hell Elohim were. And then I was learning things. And I was learning about the Anunnaki and the part, the huge part they played in the history of our planet. And there was a call we did in 2015 where I was sharing the information about the Anunnaki with the group for the first time. And I suspect most of you on this call right at this moment know who the Anunnaki are. Let me just see. Unmuted. Am I accurate yep. on that? You, yes. You know, yeah. 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 Yep. So... The Anunnaki were muted. Incredibly important to the world we live in right now. And this should be historical, but it isn't. It, it's, we're talking about 10,000 years ago. No longer than that, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about the Egyptians and uh, the Edgar the Cayce event. No, it's got to be longer than 10,000 years ago. I can't remember how long it is. But if you ever studied American history or the world, history of the world, you would find that the very first civilized country that's on record is called Sumeria or Mesopotamia. And it's the first country that had culture, that had tablets, that had um, poetry, that had music. And I read about it years ago. I remember, and I said, well, I wonder where they got all that, because historically, it's a mystery. And then when I learned about the Anunnaki, they filled in, it filled in the history, because the Anunnaki, or ETs, 
and they came. I'm not, I better not tell you because I probably tell the story here on this audio. But they came to Mind Goldier and they created a hybrid race, which was a, a combination of their genes and ape dream, ape genes or Neanderthal, Neanderthal man genes. And originally they were just going to um, do their gold mining and they weren't supposed to reproduce, but they did. And the Anunnaki decided to bring them up and socialize them. And the first city of the hybrids was Sumeria. And that's why Sumeria had all of this unusual culture connected to it. And I think Sumeria is now modern-day Iraq. I think so. In any case, here we go. We're going to start this. I start, I, I start talking about Carla because Carla had just died, I think, the week before this call. So let's see what happens. This is because, you know, Carla has passed away. She's not in a physical body. And um, Brad, I'll just tell you that Carla has been one of the regular participants in our call. Calls is also a channel, and uh, she's done things that have really made a big contribution to this realm. And in fact, if it wasn't for her work, which happened in 1981 to 83, her major work, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. David Wilco David Wilcock wouldn't be doing what he's doing. And Carla resonated with us and has been a regular participant on our Wednesday calls. And she passed on April 1st. And she's a lot of people Sunday that call. love her on her Sunday call. She passed. Right. And um, now, I don't go around looking to talk to dead people, deceased people, a politically correct way of saying it, okay? But on a, and Terry happens to be a channel, and she's the person that brings through the Elohim, the Ra'an group, and we're not going to do it tonight. I was, but she said she's tired, so we're going to put put it off till she finishes her taxes. And but she not only can bring in higher dimensions. Oftentimes, as anyone who's been on the call for a while has seen that sometimes somebody that's deceased will give a message to someone through Terry. Now, I don't encourage that. I don't look for it. In fact, I won't, if, if, if the demand got too high, I might say, stop it, okay? We're not going to do that anymore. But it's been very healing for people, and it's been really helpful for the persons on the other side to, to connect with someone down here, and sometimes it brings a greater degree of completion. And... You know, when that started happening, even I was um, 
skeptical. Are they really who they say they are? Is that really the deceased soul speaking to us? Terry, you're making noise. Oh, sorry. Got to stay on top of you. So, um, Carla has, I would say, the right word to describe Carla is beloved. And she has been, I mean, she is a sweetheart. She is beautiful. And um, people that, are, that have been on our calls regularly love her. She's much more lovable than I am, I can say. <laughs> and um, and so last Monday, was it last Monday, Heis? Um, Terry comes on the call and she says she has a surprise for us. And Carla is suddenly, or let's just say a voice that says it's Carla, is suddenly addressing our group. And according to that call, Carla is hanging around this realm, and she's um, hanging around, particularly around the house where she lives, and her husband, and she's anticipating her funeral, and she's going to be coming to her funeral, and no one's going to know it. Maybe her husband will, but that, that's the way it works. People, uh, I, I know that's a pretty common phenomena that somebody passes this realm and then they attend their own funeral, but nobody knows they're there. And Carla has announced she's going to be there and greeting everybody. And she's not going to say hello to them, but she's going to send energy to people so that people can feel her. And her husband tells me she loves flowers. In fact, I remember one time she was on the call, and her husband had given her some red roses, and she would felt so good about that, okay? So where's the yellow roses? Yellow roses, thank you. Thank you. I'm going to have somebody to correct me here. Good. Um, so we're going to be sending her some some flowers, and probably quite a few, because we raised about $400. And um, and who knows? She might come back here and tell us how much she liked them. All right? So don't miss out. Donate a little bit, even a couple bucks. So if that happens, you're ready. I'm not saying it will. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to look for it. But things have a way of happening that are fairly unpredictable, and Carla does love our group, so um, she may come back. All right? And it was on today's email. You can donate anything you want, dollar, $2, $50, you know. But if you've loved Carla and you think it's possible she's going to appreciate these flowers, you can even send a comment, which we will um, put a booklet of all the, the uh emails people sent me, and get them there, okay, so that they're there at the funeral. So if people say things, um, somebody can read them. Okay, so now, on with the call for tonight. I said I was going to bring up some new information about the whole Anunnaki Egypt Jesus thing, and... You know, we've done some really breakthrough calls in the past on this topic. Breakthrough, stuff that we're putting stuff together that I don't believe has ever been 
put together in this realm before. And I might be wrong. I might be making a mistake somewhere along the line. I'm willing to be open to that. But um, I might be right. And you can decide because you'll see how I put stuff together. Okay? Like, who is Jesus? Where did Jesus come from? Well, one of the things that I had three fairly good pieces of evidence for is that Jesus was connected to the Ra group. And it was part of the plan of the Ra group to attempt to lift this, the vibration of this realm. And of course, the Ra group is the group soul that was talking through Edgar Cayce, talking through David Wilcock, talking to the Egyptian pharaoh Akhenaten, according to Carla Rucker, and made an intervention on an early life of Edgar Cayce, 10,500 B.C. So, um, how do I come to the conclusion that the Ra group was connected to Jesus? So I'll give you all the points. The first point that came to me was in the reincarnation of Edgar Cayce, in one of the channelings that David was doing, there was just one sentence. And I read that sentence, and I said, wonder what they mean by this. And so the paraphrase of the sentence goes, uh, you know, Christianity was our religion, but we don't often speak in those terms any, anymore because of the way it got distorted by religion, by the church, okay? Now they say, Christianity was our religion. What does that mean? What do they mean by being our religion? Sounds like they had something to do with it. Now they never talked about it any further, just that one sentence leaked through. And then Edgar Casey. He had a, he obviously had a voice talking through him that was able to do all these things, and he his voice never really said who they were, and he thought it was Christ. Now Edgar Casey was religious. It's very interesting how religious people, people who are Christians, get connected with this stuff, and they still are Christians. See, my take is it's the same energy. Carla Rucker, who we were talking about, who passed. Carla Rucker um, went to church a good portion of her life. And then she started channeling raw. And you know what? She never made the connection of raw connecting to Jesus. But... She really adored Jesus. She would have said, Jesus is my personal guy. And then she could channel the rock rope with no compromise. Normally, if somebody's a Christian and they get exposed to channeling, they will either think it's demonic or they'll do a different take on their Christianity. But both Carla and Edgar Casey were both Christians, and they both were channeling. Ra, and you know, and Ra is not official through Edgar Casey, but 
it's obvious to me. That's who he was channeling. And then myself, I have two women who have been in my life who are channels. And in, with Daphne, in early on, I asked the question, when Jesus said, Father, who was speaking through him? And the answer was the raw group. And then that same information came through Terry. And then there's this book, Voyagers, that was a very obscure book and very hard to understand, but in one section they said in that book that the rock group was responsible, the rock confederacy is what they called them, was responsible for removing the seals from the chakras or helping a person do that so they could ascend into the higher realms. Okay? Then they said in religion, this was often referred to as judgment day, but it really wasn't judgment. It was just that they were protecting the higher realms so that only those beings who were honoring the law of one could ascend or get there, okay? And so now, again, talking about ascending, talking about harvesting, talking about um, graduating this realm, and the Rod Group is the main player in that in that book, it all starts to fit together. Rod has something to do with Jesus. But let's look at the long story now. Why, how does Ra work? How does the Elohim work? And what's the track line to bring this together? Well, we did a bunch of calls on this, and I'm pretty sure there's enough backup to what I'm going to say that it's true. And um, I'm not going to give all the backup, but there was this civilization in Sumeria Samaria, I believe, is Iraq or Iran now, in that area. And it is the oldest civilization of recorded history. And there was a Jewish scholar by the name of Zacharias Sitchin that supposedly translated Sumerian tablets and came out with a number of books on it. And he was saying that he was finding that the Sumerians, there, there, was a, there was an alien E.T. race that landed here to do gold mining, and their bodies were not suitable for physical labor in this realm, so they genetically engineered a new breed of beings that were a cross between their DNA and Neanderthal man DNA, or ape DNA, one or the other. But in any case, uh, there were two brothers on, the, uh, on this ET crew, and the two brothers were at odds with each other. One brother wanted to create these new beings i.e. us, humans, wanted to create them so um, 
they could breed so they could have children. And the other brother didn't. And there was a, a planetary edict about not messing with the evolution of a planet. So putting on a slave that didn't continue was okay. But putting on a being that would have babies, and they would have babies, was not okay. Because now you're changing the evolutionary path of the planet. So the one that wanted to breed the humans, or let them breed, um, won. But there was a fight that ensued. And um, there were these, the, the humans started breeding like crazy, having children like crazy, in the Middle East. And um, the Anunnaki, the space guys, were acting as gods for these humans, and they were um, vying for position. They'd each have their city, and they would fight with each other, and they'd each announce they were the only god. And there's a lot of indication that the gods of the Old Testament were actually the spacemen, the Anunnaki. And, um, and the, if you, you know, one, one, one call we did that was very interesting was Michael Tellinger, who wrote a book about this called Slave Species of the, the Gods, was talking about how the Old Testament God is such a horrible being in most cases. In other words, if you, I read all the quotes, I don't remember them, but you know, it was telling people to cut off their arm if they steal something from you, pound, take their eyes out. If someone has sheets on his wife, cut his penis off. I don't remember all the things, but it was like horrible. And you know, when I read it, I said, "Hey." Who is talking here? It doesn't sound like God to me. It doesn't sound like a loving God. And, uh, of course, in the Old Testament, it was the God of fear. And, in fact, things like Sodom and Gomorrah, you never heard me say this, was the one brother nuking a city. And they did. They nuked some cities. And that was scaring the, the hell out of the people. So they're getting the people to cooperate and do what they said. And um, so now we have Jesus. We have the Anunnaki. Even the Egyptians were under the spell of the Anunnaki. And the gods of the Egyptians, my take, were Anunnaki. Would you ever ask yourself why the Old Testament has all these different names for God? There's Yahweh, there's Jehovah, um, who's the other? Adonai, and there's, there's more. But why? I mean, if there's only one God, why does he need three names? It's because there wasn't one God. There was a bunch of Anunnaki all trying to be the God of their township and most cases, wanting to expand from that position to owning more, okay? And um, now, let's go back and look at Ra a second. 
I'm just putting in little puzzle pieces here. We look at the Ra group. The Ra group says they are a group soul made up of individual souls like yours and mine that graduated this realm. And they came together to form a group because there was more power in a group and they wanted to um, evolve planetary populations who were at lower levels. So you get that? Here we are, you and I, we are, we are a planetary population at a lower level, right? And uh, someday, after many lifetimes, depending on our own paths, there's a good chance we'll go back to the rock group and start working on it from the other side. And in fact, the rock group says there's 100 million people on our planet who are from their group that volunteered to come back here to help lift the vibration here because there was so much negativity. And another thing the rock group said is 90 million of those people that came back got lost once they came back. They didn't remember their true mission. So only 10% are actually doing something that's effective. Many people that discover our group are from those 10, that those 100 million raw souls that volunteered to come back. And usually, if you're one of those people that feels alienated, if you feel uh, misunderstood, if you're bored with what most people are interested in, and uh, um, you have understanding of people, but they don't understand you, and um, there's all these symptoms of being uh, from the rock group, which they call a wanderer, and um, many people in this realm, actually many of the people that discover our work and keep coming to calls usually fit into that description as wanderers, beings from the rock group who came to this realm to be a service. And once they're here, it's, duh, where am I? <laughs> and, and, you know, they try to grow up in the reality systems here, and, um, but they're coming in from a bigger reality system. So when you come in from a bigger reality system, and you try to um, compress yourself into a smaller reality system, your energy is like popping out all over the place. And it's my take. That's why people get ADD and other things, because their, their, their high selves are protecting them from um, getting caught in the reality systems here. And so, you know, now we have the Anunnaki vying for control over the humans who are now spreading out, making all these different cities, ancient cities in the Middle East. The Anunnaki are playing God for them. The gods of the Old Testament are the gods of the Anunnaki. I believe lots of indication on that. You can just look that up on Google. You'll see loads of pages. Let's put Anunnaki Old Testament. 
And, uh, and, you know, if you recall in the Old Testament, it always talks about an angel appearing in a pillar of fire. Uh, um, it's a pillar of fire. It's a UFO, right? So um, it explains what seems to be some of the miraculous phenomena that's in the Old Testament. Okay, now, I want to go back and do another little point here. And we're going to go back to the rock rope, and we're going to go back half a million years. And half a million years ago, there was a planet in our solar system called Maldek. And this is according to the raw channelings of Carla Rucker. And Maldek blew itself up and was totally destroyed in a nuclear waste. And the beings on Maldek, when you die in a nuclear explosion, you end up in a tangled mass of fear. That's how it's described. So now the people of the Rod group took it upon itself to try to untangle all the planetary population on Maldek. We might be talking about a few billion people. Um, I'm actually got it in my works to do a call just on Maldek and learn more about Maldek and what it was like before it blew itself up. So Ra is untangling these Maldekian souls and they're trying to figure out what to do with them. And they look down on Earth and they see, oh, look, there's that Anunnaki group. They're making lots of bodies there. You know, they're having lots of babies. Let's take the Maldekian souls and um, engineer it so they can occupy the Anunnaki babies and... Um, that will give them a new venue to grow in. And that's what... I, now, no one has ever said that but me. Uh, when I read the raw material, and I have to go back, maybe it's somewhere, and they said, we brought the Maldekian souls to Earth and connected them to the available bodies. That's what I recall reading. But what were the available bodies, in my opinion... It was the Anunnaki. So the raw group has kind of got a vested interest in the evolution of these tangled souls. So now let's look at look the raw from the raw group's point of view. They're seeing um, the Anunnaki enslaved people. They're seeing them nuke people, and it seems to me that this is their baby, the raw group's baby, so to speak. So now the raw group says, how do we fix this? Now, we're connecting the raw group to Jesus, and that the raw group gave all the indications of the things that I had uncovered, connecting the rock group to Jesus. And one of, one of the things I didn't mention is the wisdom and the reincarnation of Edgar Cayce. 
the overview wisdom of the universe and the lovingness in those channelings. And the Ra group was attempting to impact our planet. And what they did was they worked with Edward Casey, established a lot of credibility, and then they planned to bring him in again, which they did, but it, it was... David didn't want to do it. He didn't want to be a public channel. And uh, so that's when I had my experience, and I don't know if that's what they were thinking, but it was certainly awkward and weird that I'm writing this book, and suddenly they start coming to me through two personal relationships. So many of us might be part of the Malbeckians who came in and were trying to unfragment our souls. That's what, that's what I was going to do a session on. I want to ask that because I want to ask what percentage of the people paying attention to my work have a fragmented souls, which means we have to shut. Um, uh-oh, went, went to a blank. I'll be back. Hang on a second. Many of the people have fragmented souls. Some of the people do, and we want to learn. Some people talk about, some people are emailing me recently about the idea of soul retrieval, where your soul is fragmented. And, you know, we want to do a session to see if part of the reason for that is being part of the Maldekian group that caught up, got caught up in that explosion. So now let's go back to the Old Testament. We have all these Anunnaki vying for God, Godship, and control. Now, here is the new piece of information. Where did the idea of Messiah come from? Okay. In the Old Testament, there were all kinds of innuendos and predictions that there was going to be a Messiah coming. Now, if the gods in the Old Testament were all crooked, so to speak, or most of them crooked, uh, where is this prophecy coming from? Well, I was thinking originally Maybe the raw group was coming through in between all the other stuff and trying to arrange this. But then I was thinking, you know, it's, it's, would it really be the raw group's style to create a Messiah? Because the premise, the cosmology of the raw group is the law of one and that there's no hierarchy. And just the word Messiah creates the implication of a hierarchy, and the Son of God creates an implication of a hierarchy. The idea is not to get you and I to give up our power. We're not supposed to give up our power to some God and, and, and to God's will. We're supposed to be learning how to be empowered, and if, if God had a will that he was going to express, it would be, be all you can be and love each other. 
and don't hurt each other. And that's it. You know, God doesn't want to be an authority. But even using the word God, it's like maybe a misnomer because um, in the in the absolute sense, it seems to me that God, in the traditional Western way of looking at God, thinking there's a, a being up there that is just looking down on us, that created everything and can do whatever he wants, is not actually accurate. And the, the position of God is by and large played by these two group souls, the Elohim group soul and the Ra group. And when I ask the Elohim directly, do you like to be worshipped? They said, no. They said, essentially, they were part of us, and we were part of them. They're just a higher aspect of us, and we're a lower aspect of them. And that the best way of relating is like there are brother at a higher level. And, you know, as I read the story of the creation of the universe, it's pretty obvious to me. The Elohim didn't want to control everything. They wanted everything to grow by its own impetus. And that the interactions between the beings theoretically would cause the growth. So now um, we have all of these prophecies coming through the Old Testament period, and it doesn't seem like Ra would be prophesizing a Messiah. But the Anunnaki could very easily be uh, prophesizing a Messiah. And one of the more powerful Anunnaki could be creating a stage so that they could have one prophet control everything, be in charge of everything. And so here's here's my premise. You know, Michael Challenger, who's an expert on this, said that, and so did Sasha, Sasha, I forget his last name, he was on our call, who studied with Zachariah Sitchin, said that. And so... Now we have this whole preparation for the Messiah, the birth of Jesus, but it's an Anunnaki preparation designed to be more, have more control of everything. Perhaps it was one of the more powerful God forms, like Enlil, who was engineering the coming of Jesus. And... My take on this is that the soul that came in for their Messiah was either a member of the rod rope or started communicating with the rod rope. Surprise! He's not going to follow the party line. He is going to work to liberate people, not to further enslave them. And so he does his Jesus ministry, and, you know, he's working with the higher realms, he's doing miracles, and the Rod group is helping. 
and he shifted his alliances that he was he was born into the alliance to be born into the Anunnaki projection, and he didn't fulfill it. And maybe that's why he got killed, and maybe that's why the negative quickly came in after his death and took over the church and took over Jesus as someone they could use to control people because his life was so impactful. And those of you that have been on our line regularly heard heard our conversations with Terry Friedman. And Terry... All right. <laughs> and when the energy gets high, then uh, the phone line drops out, so let's wait for Wynn to come back. Terry Brown, will you please check on, on, uh, on Wynn that he knows that he dropped out? I'm checking. Okay, I'm back. Oh, sorry, sorry about that. Oh, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Okay. Um, Jerry Friedman has memories of walking around with Jesus. And anyone who's heard him on our calls or read his book knows that he makes a really good case to having actually been with Jesus. Now, Terry Friedman is not a devotee of our work. Um, he's not aware of the rock group. Well, he's heard me talk about it. He's heard us talk about it online, but he hasn't integrated it into his consciousness. He... He's not even sure about the Elohim group, but his memories of being with Jesus are impeccable, and his work has extremely high frequency attached to it. And so I've got, you know, you guys maybe don't know it, but every time Terry is on the calls, I always sneak in a question, and um, and the answers from Terry have amazed me. Like, one of them was uh, when Jesus knew he was going to be leaving this realm, um, he he told his disciples, don't start a church. Um, go two by two and minister to the people. And and there's the famous saying in the, um, in the Bible, on this rock I build my church, where Jesus seems to be, um, um, create, you know, getting Peter to start a church. Now, Terry Friedman said Jesus never said that. That never came through Jesus, and it, it was something the negative used because they wanted to quickly start a church because Jesus had gotten popular, so popular amongst the people. And so that was one of the things. Another thing that was very interesting that I picked up had to do with Judas. And in Carla Ruckert's raw material, now in her material they never said, what I'm saying. They never connected the Ra group up with Jesus. 
And they couldn't because Carla was going to church every Sunday. How could she reconcile that? It would have been too much. But they did. They asked about Judas, and they said that um, Judas knew he was going to betray Jesus, but so did Jesus. It was part of an inner plan, and Judas was really not a bad guy. And so when I asked Terry Friedman about this, he said exactly the same thing. Another thing that he said was Jesus told his disciples when they would be going into a town, they were going to be doing some work with the people in the town, he said, don't tell them I'm the Messiah. (laughs) I just want to be a regular guy. So that sounds like the rock group, okay? So it seems to me that Jesus was forced into this role of being a Messiah, and then he probably did a better job of it than any anyone else ever could have. And maybe he was a Messiah in, in the highest sense of the word. But my take is that Messiah aspects of Jesus just could have been part of an Anunnaki plan to get the ultimate God in this realm and um, have everyone give up their power. You know, they're still running that plan in the sense that one of the plans that I've read that I think is true is that um, they want to bring the world to its knees economically, by war, whichever way, so everyone is really desperate. And then they want to have spaceships land, so people will give up their power to these ETs who are going to save us. But they're not going to save us. They'll look like they're saving us. They might even do some miracles. But their whole deal is to get us to capitulate to them energetically. There's a whole plan to take over this planet by ETs. But that's where the negative works. Um, they don't. They know about karma, so they attempt to get people to free willingly surrender, even with trickery, so they get their way. And so it would make sense that they would do that with Jesus, and they start a church, even though Jesus said, "Don't start a church." He probably knew exactly what was going on. And he was playing it out, but he switched allegiances. Um, he was no longer under the Anunnaki control. And uh, he was under the Ra group, who was working through him in order to continue the evolution of the souls from Maldek that had come to this planet. Now, if that sounds far out, it really is. But um, it's not as far out as God sending his only son into heaven. I hope I don't get anybody mad at me for saying this, but who is God sending his son into this realm? What is God? If God is... Um, the Elohim and the Ra group are the closest we have to God, and that they do answer prayers, and they do answer calls, 
And if somebody says God with a pure heart, they will answer it. They can answer it. And and we talk to them all the time on Sundays. So if you're new on the call, and this is blowing your mind, don't believe a word of it. Just come Sunday. We don't usually get this esoteric. But I just wanted to put out my thoughts on how this could be and how it could work, why there was a Messiah, why that word was used. And um, and it it makes starts to make a um, a flow in the idea of Jesus, okay? And makes sense. And on that note, I think we're just about finished time-wise. And um, now remember, I said, I'm not saying to believe that. Maybe I shouldn't even say it, because if somebody's on the call and has the reverence to Jesus, because even Carla did, then please disregard this call and hold that reverence. I asked a question recently, and the question was, you know, a lot of people believe they have a personal relationship with Jesus. How does that work? How can you have a personal relationship with so many people? And basically they said that Jesus is continuing this work. He's holding the space from the other side. He can operate non-linearly, and there's not a limit to how many people he can work with in this realm to call on him, and that he is answering calls. So what goes around comes around. I'm not taking that away from Jesus by telling this story. And on that note, it's 6.56. They're going to take us off from BBS. Thank you all for being here. Um, send money for Carlos Flowers. 100% of what's sent, except for PayPal charges, are going to go towards that. And it's going to be create a huge, beautiful display at the funeral. And Carlos is going to be there appreciating it. And, um, and on that note, was that interesting? Oh, yeah. Good. Very. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Yeah, that was a great speech. You're not all walking out on me, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Win star six. You know, from the time we did that till now, there were a couple of things that uh, I learned that were slightly different from that. And one of them was um, that it was, in asking a question to our sources, they said, how did Jesus, I asked them, how did Jesus become a Messiah? And they said, the Jews, uh, who were waiting for a Messiah, gave him that title, okay? That's the mo one thing that was different. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember. I don't think there's anything else. In any case, um, we're going to move right into Whole Planet Healing. If you are listening on BBS, don't go away, please. Um, we do this call every day.
And one of the things I learned over all the times that I was talking to the Elohim were that they had the ability to answer requests and rearrange reality. There's a council in the Elohim called the Council of Grace. And the Council of Grace can maneuver the physical world to make happen what looks like miracles in this realm. And we were having some of those things happen. And so we started a few years ago. Bless you. Thank you. To do our call every day where we petition it's kind of I don't know if petition would be the best word to use where we create group intentions for positive shifts on our planet and the Elohim and the Ra group when our intentions are for the highest good of all concerned and honoring free will can help support our intentions and cause miracles. Now we've seen some and on some things we don't know what's happening but we're doing it very diligently every day and on Monday and Wednesday our whole planet healing call is on BBS radio. So if you're on BBS and you wait, we're going to disconnect this call. And BBS, the uh, whole planet healing call, is on a different phone line. So BBS is going to switch to that phone line and we'll be on whole planet healing. So let's disconnect this call and move on over. Unmuted. Thank you from Seattle. Thanks. Thank you, Vin. Thank you all. Goodbye. <laughs> Welcome to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Hi, BBS. Welcome to the call. And welcome to all the listeners. Excuse me. Hi, BBS. Welcome to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Put only if you want to. I don't. I don't see BBS on the call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're here. Yeah, I win. Here. I, I, I have, I have repatched in. Welcome to Hope Planet hey. Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? 
but only if you want to. And yes, a warm welcome to all you folks listening on BBS Radio. Thank you for being here. Yep, yep. And welcome to Whole Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Hi, it's Juanita from Long Beach, California. Hi, Juanita. Hello. Hi, everybody. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Glad you're back. So, after the call, Joey, not yet. Terry's not here? Not yet. Hi, Hi, Ronita. Hi, everybody. Mm. Hi. It's good to hear your voice. I, I, wish, I wish I could have an accent like yours. Welcome I to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Say hello to who? Wind hello, by. everybody. Only Hi. Hi, Mimi. Hi. Hi, Hi, hello. Hi, I'm going to bring somebody new tomorrow. Oh, good. <laughs> hey. I, I called you and you Come didn't on. answer today. What, who? Are you talking to me, Lynn? Yeah. Welcome to Hope uh-huh. Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Oh. Hi, it's Jerry in Sedona. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Hi. Hi, Terry. Hi. Terry. Hi. 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 Yeah. Mimi, I hear your moon. Welcome to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your location? I'm here on Larry's phone. Hi, Jill. Hi, Jill. Hi, Jill. I heard Minnesota, but I didn't hear anything. I knew it was Jill. Seven of five, my dear brothers and sisters. Thank you for being here. Thank you for holding the energy. Hi, hi. Hola, señorita. Hola. Muted. So, Jackie, Jackie, I'll say a couple words and then you can take it over, okay? Okay. All right, then. It is Feb 7th. The recording has started. It's February 7th, 2022, and this is Whole Planet Healing. And... I don't know if you guys have noticed how fast time is moving and how short. It hasn't been any shorter than any other year, but um, winter, we're in February, March, April, a couple months, we're into spring. Just amazing. You know, this is happening, I, I believe because of this dimensional shift. And there's a change in the way time works when there's this extra energy coming into our planet. So many things can go faster. These calls tend to go really fast in case anyone hasn't noticed. Uh, I remember when we started doing our Sunday call and it was two hours and I said, how am I going to keep people preoccupied for two hours? And now 
when we were on that call, it's like, boom, the time is past. And in case you're on BBS and you're listening to us and just tuned in, we're doing something that's unprecedented in this realm. Nobody has ever done it before. And it's a result of conversations we have had with these two group souls in higher dimensions. And historically, they have talked to people at different times. And when they did, it usually ended up in a religion. It ended up with people in buildings worshiping them. And and this is the first time we've we've had a coming together with them on a conference call, which means there's not a lot of overhead in doing this call. We don't have to have buildings. You don't have to leave your house. And the amazing thing is that their energy is on this call and to everybody anyone that's open to the energy they will be with you you can feel their energy now i'll tell you that they don't present themselves as god to us In their paradigm, there's something called the law of one, which means everybody is an aspect of the one infinite creator, which is as close as you could get to the normal idea of God. The Elohim and the Ra groups don't want to be worshipped. They say worship creates a separation. And they are an aspect of all it is, and so are we. Well, they're just the bigger aspect. And so stay on the call and see if you can feel these energies and make a connection, because it can change your life forever. And realizing this little body that you're occupying is just a suit. It's not you. It's a temporary residence for your soul. That's the way it works. And you are immortal. And on that note, I'm turning it over to Jackie, who's going to be our concierge for this episode. (laughs) of Whole Planet Healing. Thank you so much, Wynn. Yes, I'd like to um, welcome everyone on BBS to the Whole Planet Healing conference call. And uh, 
We really appreciate you adding your energy and strength to our efforts tonight. And when I say our efforts, our mission is to send a healing energy to our planet and also to the people, places, and situations that also concern us. And uh, at the beginning of this call, we always ask for protection. So let's officially begin by welcoming Cecil from near Seattle, Washington, who will recite our invocation, requesting energetic protection for ourselves, this call, and this work, along with a shielding from any negative interference. Cecil? Thank you, Jackie. Father, Mother, God, the one infinite creator, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect everyone in attendance, including those on BBS radio, and any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light and be transmuted for the highest and greatest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxies, through our galaxy, the Milky Way, to our solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies and into the center of the Earth. Right now, we invoke a group energy connection with all those present who are open to do so while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our souls. We invite those sources who are positive, service to others, honoring the law of one, to join with us. We co-create a protected space that only the positive has access to. Anything not of that nature must leave now. Back to you, Jackie. Thank you, Cecil. Well, also at the beginning of this call, Winfrey and Terry Brown join us and offer just a few minutes of their time to share some extra thoughts with us. So, Win, welcome back. Hello, Win. You know, just to continue what I was saying when I was introducing this, you know, it's kind of like you're getting, you're tapped in to an endless supply of love coming from higher dimensions. And when you connect with that, it's easy to be service to others. The reason people are service to self, one reason, there's probably more than one, but one reason is they feel empty inside. And you know, there's that rush of energy you get when you connect with someone. That's not negative, 
The energy you get from someone else is not a negative thing. It's a joyous thing to reflect with somebody and get energy from them. The problem is, is when you start out and you feel empty, and then you get that energy, and then it goes, if you're service to self, you want to make that energy stick with you, okay? And and you start doing manipulation so you can hold that other person's energy into your field. And it's not free will, okay? That's a big distinction. You understand why free will is so important. The problem is, is that when you hold somebody's energy to you, and it's not free will, number one, the energy doesn't usually persist because it can't renew itself. And number two, you end up becoming enslaved to your own control mechanism. To have a slave, you have to be a slave. And so in the long run, it doesn't work out. And you have to go to someone else and someone else. That's why people who are now, I'm not saying this is the only reason, but one reason people are promiscuous is because they can't hold the energy of one person. There's that moment of romance where free will is still there, and it's also beautiful. But as soon as a relationship becomes obligatory where you expect things from another person. The free will gets lost and the energy dies. And then you look for someone else and the same thing happens. And eventually, some lifetime or another, you might learn how this works and get above that. But if you can understand what I just said, you can understand how service to self operates. And that's why, you'd be, in order to graduate this realm, service to self, you need to be 95% service to self. And you have to constantly keep energy pointed towards you. And service to other, when there's free will, you can have an endless supply of energy exchange with another person or with the higher realms, okay? And on that note, I'm turning it over to Jackie. No, to Terry. Terry. Yes. I'm being promiscuous. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi. Hi, everybody. Uh, 
you know, uh, I'm so much into this material that I'm not a very good date anymore. Lynn said, would you like to go to dinner today? And I said, I'd rather work on the law one made simple. It is just so beautiful. Lynn and Carla uh, and everybody involved did a really magnificent job. Um, and Carla was on our calls on Sundays a lot and on Mondays. And um, that they would be on the spiritchannel.net. And so you can go and check it out. Thank you. Thank you, Terry and Wynn. And Terry, you sound like me when I first discovered the raw material. It, it's <laughs> riveting for sure. Yeah. Now, Terry, men- <laughs> Terry mentioned that there are a couple thousand uh, channeled messages on the spiritchannel.net, but I'd like to add that Terry Brown, who just spoke, brought forth the majority of these channeled conversations. And uh, she was there at the very beginning uh, when the Elohim first tried to contact Wynn, and uh, she remained committed to this work all these many years. I'm not supposed to admit that it's 20 years. So many, many years. It makes, and, me, feel, um, it makes me feel too old. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, right. I, I, I just want to say that um, many people who have discovered our work have said, oh, my God, this is as good as the raw material, you know. You know, they have, they have, they have uh, the quill material that came in after the raw material. And LL Research has, they don't have as many, I don't think they have as many sessions as we do now up on their website. Because they only do it once a week, and we do it three times a week. So even though they got a head start on us, but, you know, there is a body of knowledge that's on on the Spirit Channel that is so breakthrough. And uh, it's still not organized. Uh, Kathleen said she's going to start doing more transcripts. And we'll try, you know, it's it's a big, big project, you know. Probably... When we first started putting things up, and uh, we had a couple of people that just loved transcribing, and that we were getting a lot of the early calls up. And if you go back before 2013, there's a lot of transcriptions. But we don't have a lot of transcriptions after 2013. And I mean, Bonnie reads excerpts from those transcriptions every night and she's not even running out I don't think of things to read in that period of time so hopefully before we die or the planet dies knock on wood okay uh, that we'll get it all up there and even and we're you know converted into books and it's really powerful stuff. And then someday somebody will be doing the the Terry Wynn material, and they'll be saying, 
<laughs> it'll be a book of that. And maybe we'll get to do some of it, and uh, it'll have a huge impact on the planet. So thank you, Terry. And uh, back to you, Jackie. Thank you. Um, I, I want to add to that, that even though there's a lot of channeled material um, relating to the raw material, um, uh, the stuff on the spirit channel is really unique because Wynn has his own special gift of asking questions. It amazes me the depth of questioning that he goes into. So the material on this uh, these archives is um, you you can't miss it. Now another talent that we have is Bonnie from Corona, California, who's next on our call. She's familiar with these archives and chooses something special to share with us each night. So, Bonnie, it's your turn. Hi, thank you. Well, I was inspired by the previous call to go on the spiritchannel.net and look up. There's a little search box there. Uh, I looked up Anunnaki, and there's a lot of information on there. So I chose a transcript from a call that took place September 12, 2011. And the, the heading for this call was the origins of humanity. And so after wind calls in the light, then we hear from Ra'an through Terry. We greet you in the love light of the one infinite creator. This is Ra'an, and we greet and welcome and express joy at making contact with each and every person on the line. We are mindful of the topic and the questions that have been asked. We see that the contact with Earth in the period of darkness at the period of time, approximately 12,000, 13,000 years ago, there is a darkness that fell over the earth. Before that, civilization had become widespread and there was intergalactic travel with space pods for landing in several countries, one of them being Egypt and one of them being South America. There was space travel and there was connection upon the trade route which spaceships maintain. There were earthlings that had been previously genetically altered to survive within the Earth's atmosphere taking seed, genetic seed from the starlings and from the Earth ape. They had made beings that were on Earth and able to survive on the Earth. However, the Anunnaki did not feel that the Earthlings were of a sufficient intelligence 
to survive or to warrant the interaction. They wished, particularly Enlil, wished to start the project over. He did not like the independence that the earthlings projected and felt that the earthlings would not be able to fit into the galactic model of beings that could interact in the galactic sphere. They were too independent and too self-willed and not enough service to others. So he felt that they should be annihilated. His brother Inky felt that the earthlings should be given every chance. And both Enki and Enlil had descendants that were in the Earth's sphere. The combination of their own genetic line and the apes. What we are going to tell you now has been blocked out from history and it created a blackout of the continuation of information flowing from the past history of Earth to the present, as it was so severe as to create a period when the destruction was so severe that the memory was blocked out. They blew up the Earth stations for interaction, and this was blown up by Enlil and his descendants. This was not wished to be blown up by Enki, and this continued to be a blackout through which the history and the pass down of historic facts was lost as the nuclear explosions were so intense that they could not remember and pass down information from generation to generation as those generations caught in the crossfire in this destruction were bound up in a tangle and could not remember. The earlier incident four million years ago was when the gold mining was established by the Anunnaki on the trade route and they established an outpost on Earth to mine gold. They also had humans that they developed genetically to take over the mining of the gold as the Anunnaki could not readily survive in the Earth's atmosphere and they needed to develop beings that could survive as the Earth's atmosphere has many biological factors which then would disrupt the life force of the star people they call Anunnaki, also known as the Nephilim. About five of the earthlings in the particular surroundings of the gold mines felt they were very deprived and that the opulence of the spaceship people and the people on the spaceship was such that they lived a life of leisure and pleasure 
And the humans did not feel it was fair that they themselves had to work in the mines and to work with the loading of the gold. They wished to see what was beyond the earth. So when the spaceship landed to pick up its supply of gold, now this was about 4 million years ago, they loaded the gold onto the spaceship, but they had a plan that they would take over and commandeer the spaceship and place in bondage the people flying the spaceship and make them take them to other areas to see what was beyond the earth and to take part in the opulence that they saw in the spaceship. These five individuals, when the spaceship landed and the crew had loaded the gold onto the ship and it was ready to take off, made their move to take over the ship. Some of them went on to the spaceship and they were confronted with weapons that they did not understand. And the remaining ones were set to release the spaceship as there were mechanisms when the spaceship took off to move it from this dimension into a higher dimension. And there were specific routines that they had to perform. The individuals performing these routines were individuals that were taking over the spaceship, but they were well, they were not well-versed in how to release the spaceship. And they released the spaceship before the timing pattern was such to turn it, to move it into the higher dimension. The spaceship, being out of sync in its vibratory movement, blew up. They did not intend it to blow up, but they did not know how to operate the mechanisms to release it into flight, so it blew up. This ended gold mining for a while on Earth. Then later, there were again movements and the establishment of spaceports in South America and in Egypt. And there were again the connections between the Anunnaki and the humans. And again, the Anunnaki felt superior, and they felt that the humans were not being cooperative, and they, under Enlil, purposefully blew up the spaceport to prevent other interactions between the Anunnaki and the Earthlings. Do you have further questions? And there's more, there's much more to this particular call, but I'll think I'll turn it back to you, Jackie. I love you all. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Fascinating topic, and maybe mm-hmm. we can hear more tomorrow. Now, okay. we are going to get together. You know, you, with... you know I, I, I just, I, I wanted to make one comment. 
and that is one extraordinary thing about the work of the raw material and the work of our Elohim material, or the Kala material and the Terry material, is when they go over the same topics, they say the same thing. Mm-hmm. And um, and 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 even Daphne, I mean, three people bringing through the same information, totally independent, that didn't know that information. Now, I don't know if the I don't think the raw material talks about a spaceship blowing up, but um, so many correlations between the two, and it it validates the truth of what we're bringing through, and that's all. Back to you. Thank you Jackie. for adding that, Lynn. Um, in a, we are going to uh, join Jennifer from Greensburg, Pennsylvania next, and Jennifer uh, researches the most recent earthquake and volcanic activities on our planet, and our sources have asked us not only to keep track of these events, but also the best thing we can offer is the energy of calmness. So as Jennifer guides us to each area of activity, let's gather our group energy and focus that calming energy to all areas of concern. Jennifer? Thank you, Jackie. Tonight, as we always do, I would like to invite Mother Earth to join us as we travel around. I will point out the areas that need calming and Mother Earth can intensify our request. What we're going to do is we're going to start in the middle of the Ring of Fire um, on the big island of Hawaii. I've been watching this daily, and it is interesting. You can almost tell, if you watch it a lot, you can almost tell by the pattern of the very small earthquakes of where the lava is underneath. It's, it's really interesting. But today we did have 21 small earthquakes at Pahala, and they were 2.4 or less. Moving towards the uh, northeast, we come over to Kilauea. We did have one in the caldera, I believe it was, a 1.8 in the caldera, and then north and south we had a couple of uh, 2.4 and 2.2. And then moving west over to Mauna Loa, there was like a line of earthquakes on the ridge, um, almost in the caldera area, which you can see on the USGS maps. We had a a little bit of a swarm of seven small earthquakes, the largest of which was 2.4. And this is up on the very top of the volcano. And then beyond that, there were a couple of other here and there. And so let us just take a quick moment. Now, don't forget what's been going on on the Ring of Fire. This is all reverberating all around. And you know, um, naturally, this is an area that has a lot of volcanic activity and seismic. And they are really um, getting bounced around energy-wise. Let us send calm down to the Big Island, to the sea, to the uh, volcanoes underneath the fractures, the fault lines, and the hot spots. Anything else that could possibly affect 
Hawaii and just ask for the highest and best for all humans and animals, I should say. And now we're going to move southward uh, down to the New Zealand area. And the concept trench that runs right through New Zealand has just been jiggling like crazy lately. And we did have south of the the South Island, we had a 4.2. It was directly on that little trench there. And then on the rest of the island, north and south, we just had three. And then moving northward up to the Kermadec Islands, we had two 5.0s. Continuing northward to Fiji, we had another 5.0. And then moving um, westward over to Papua New Guinea, we had a 4.7. And then over to the Indonesian Crescent, we had a lot going on, but um, nothing larger than 4.6. And we did have Semaru and Luatola. Semaru was throwing out lava bombs this morning. It was really interesting. And Luatolo um, actually has uh, lava. So that was quite interesting to see. Um, and then we're going to move down to take a quick look at Australia because on the western side, kind of in the neighborhood of Perth, we had a 3.6. And this is directly impacted by what's going on in Indonesia, India, and everywhere else around there. Now we're going to turn towards the north. At the Mariana Islands, we had a 5.4. Moving north to Taiwan, we had a 5.2. Japan um, had a fairly good day today, 4.5. And then moving north to the Russian area, um, we did have a 4.9 at Kamchatka, and that was on the land, and it's on that peninsula that... um, is head down towards the uh, Aleutians. And then at right where the Aleutian Islands start, we have, there was a 4.4 there, but that's part of Russia. And then moving across to Alaska, um, we did have a 4.1 at Petersville. That's on the main land. And beyond that, on the Aleutians, everything was low, low levels, like 4.4, I think, was the largest I found. And then moving down through Canada, uh, nothing recorded. Down to Washington, um, Mount St. Helens is quite busy today. And we actually have two small earthquakes directly in the caldera. And anybody who's over the age, well, say 50 now, 40 or 50, will remember what that volcano can do. So we want to send calm. And by the way, let's just send calm to all the volcanoes in uh, the northwest. Mount St. Helens, uh, Mount Rainier, Mount Hood. And I want to start including the Three Sisters volcano in um, Oregon. This volcano is like kind of like in a pre-eruptive stage but the, it's deforming the ground around it. And I know that happens a lot um, prior to eruption. So let's send some calming to all the volcanoes 
in Washington, Oregon, California. And then we're going to move down to California, and we had um, right on that fault line patrolia, it's, it's at the triple junction there. We had a um, 3.0 in Petrolia, in Swarth in the Ocean. And then moving down through California, the geysers, then calm to that area, all the way down the San Andreas Fault. It was rather quiet today there. And then we get down into Southern California, uh, too. So that was a pretty calm day. And then I wanted us to send also calming on the eastern side of the state from Lake Tahoe all the way down the uh, Sierra Nevada mountains. There's volcanic, or, I'm sorry, seismic activity all the way down through. It is quite low, so I'm not going to go on board each step, but that's the area of Walker, Long Valley, and Ridgecrest. And then moving right along to, um, oh, oh, we want to always send calm to the Caldera states of Yellowstone, um, Idaho, Stanley, Idaho, uh, well, here, Montana, western Wyoming, like western part of the state where Yellowstone is, and also Utah. I'm just going to calm to those regions. Now, taking a quick look at Mexico, we didn't have anything larger than a 4.0 today, which is awesome. Moving down to Guatemala, no size miss, but Fuego was erupting. And then the rest of the way down through, freezing Nicaragua, Costa Rica had a volcano today that is beginning eruption, uh, Terrialba, and then freeze down into Panama. Freeze over on the Caribbean side, too, and nothing of great importance. Moving back over to South America, Colombia, we had a 4.6, and we also have volcanoes running all the way down the Andes that are busy. We had Nevada del Ruiz in Colombia, Ecuador, we had a 4.1, and we have CNJ in the Ventador erupting, 4.2 in Peru, and we have Salancaya erupting, 4.5 in Bolivia, and moving down to Chile. Um, no, no seismic, but we had Villarica that is beginning to uh, fill up in volcanic ash. So it looks like it's becoming active. And then moving around the southern tip of South America, we have the South Sandwich Islands. We had a pair of 5.2s there. So that plate there, that Scotia plate, is very reminiscent of, connected to, I know it sounds weird, but the Caribbean plate, which is directly above South America, and this is directly below South America. But because of the way the fault lines and the energy goes, they're quite um, connected to one another. And then we're going to zip through uh, Europe, because there really wasn't much of anything. Uh, 3.1 in Gibraltar, 3.4 in Poland, 3.2 in Greece. 3.6 in Turkey, uh, 3.7 in Iran, a couple of those, 4.0 in China, and then off of the tip of India, moving down south into the Indian Ocean, the southwest Indian Ridge. It's actually a 
South Africa. Uh, there was a 4.8. And then that concludes our journey around the world. And I want to say thank you to everybody for participating. And I'll send you all back to Miss Jackie. Thank you, Jennifer. Well, Wynn will be taking us on his guided visualization in just a few moments. But right now, you have the opportunity to put your concerns into the light. And if you're listening on BBS radio or to a replay, this is also when you should put your concerns into the light. Always keeping in mind that the highest and greatest good for all be considered. And thank you all for your contributions tonight. Unmuted. Tom in San Jose asking for support and protection for Sydney Powell, Mike Lindell, and for Mike Sponsor. Thank you. This is Kathleen in Bloomfield, and I'm asking to put my right eye into the light. I experienced tremendous pain in my eye today, just out of nowhere, and it's been driving me nuts all day. For the highest good of all, I ask for relief and for understanding of why I created this. Thank you very much. This is Jeannie in Citrus Heights. I ask that the awakening of humanity be placed into the light. I ask that the Elohim help to further this awakening and expand this awakening until the awakened humans make up the majority of the humans on this planet. And after that, may we continue to increase in number even more. May the plans of those who are attempting to keep humanity in the dark and under their control be thwarted by our ever-deepening understanding of what we are really up against, as well as by our ever-increasing ability to see clearly and to embrace and protect our sovereignty. Bless the Canadian truckers and everyone who supports them and assists them and joins them. Thank you. This is Lynn, and I would like to put Mimi in the light, who's on the call tonight, and uh, I'd like to put uh, Terry Kane, Judy Kane's husband, in the light, and I'd like to put Susan in Toronto, Canada, and her husband in the light, and I'd like to put Tony Camillo in Los Angeles at the Gateway Center in the light. And of course, everyone that Jennifer mentioned and anyone on BBS who thinks they're anonymous, keep in mind, you're not anonymous to the sources. So if you need help or support, ask for it, okay? Hello. Muted. Um, this is Lynn again. We got to do a really fast visualization. Um, 
we have a group energy. Within our group energy, we have our sources, uh, the Elohim group, the Ra group. We also invite the earth and the sun and the earth spirits. And we form a group energy surrounding our entire planet. And we're going to beam down uh, energy from the field, which includes the Christ light, which includes the Council of Grace and any other positive beings up there, service to others that feel our flow and want to join. And we just ask to uplift the our planet, the surface of our planet, and that this energy can be received by everyone who is open to receiving it, who is service to others. And uh, we go to the humans on our planet, and we go to the children and the young people of our planet, that as they get older, they get wiser. And they are competent. <laughs> Not that anyone's ever been competent. <laughs> but that they're more competent than those in the past of taking on the responsibility of being the future of our planet. We do the animals and the pets and the insects uh, species that are important to the cycles of life. The rocks, minerals, and crystals. The plants, trees to grass. And the fish and the sea life and the dolphins, and the whales. And we go now through the surface of the Earth, and we connect with Mother Earth herself, who is alive, aware, and she has a huge energy field. She has to process everything in her energy field, including all the humans and their activities, And she can suffer. We're going to send healing to Earth and gratitude for giving us this opportunity to have these bodies on the surface of her planet. And we go to the energy waves that travel through the Earth that terminate in volcanoes and in earthquakes. And we ask for calming energy. We go to the surface of the Earth, and we're going to do the three major earthquake zones all at once, because we're running out of time. The Ring of Fire, the land masses surrounding the Pacific Ocean, the New Madrid fault line in St. Louis and the surrounding states, and the Mid-Atlantic fault line that runs from uh, the North Pole through Iceland down the middle of the Atlantic Ocean to the tip of um, South America. And we send all of these 
zones, this energy, this calm energy penetrating through the surface of the earth and bringing calm energy to potential earthquakes and volcanoes. We go to um, all, we ask our sources to help us locate all of the earthquakes and volcano potentials anywhere else on the planet and help us send this calm energy, any earthquakes that need to happen because the earth is releasing stress might happen gradually and away from population centers. We go to some of the other out-of-balance situations. We have the uh, COVID virus and its mutations. We ask that it's rendered harmless. We have the immune systems of humans and ask that they're strengthened. We have the toxins in the vaccines and ask that they be rendered harmless. And we go to the awareness of humans. We ask that humans are both aware of what's below and what's below, above, aware of all the um, uh, uh, agendas that are going on on the planet and have the discernment to distinguish what they can trust and what they can't trust. And that they become aware of what's above and this access to the higher dimensions and the support, the consciousness of support and shift that's potentially available by requesting it. And we go to the um, droughts, we ask for rain. We go to the governments of our planet, and we ask for quality of leaderships to help people feel safe, like benevolence, like compassion, like courage, like wisdom, like um, integrity and ethics. And we just ask that all countries and, and groups that are hostile to each other can settle their differences nonviolently. We ask for interventions. We ask that our realm is protected from nuclear weapons going off. We ask that any toxic materials in food, air, water, or medicine be transmuted toxins for humans or animals. And finally, we bring this energy back to ourselves. We see the energy of the universe flowing through the galaxies in the Milky Way and the solar system and, and ending up on our rooftop, our personal rooftop on planet Earth, where we have an energy filter that only lets positive energy through it. And if we're comfortable, we can invite that energy into our home right now and ask it to transmute any negativity and 
also lift the vibration of anyone that's in our home or in our building and uh, and um, that free willingly wants to connect with this energy that it be available to them and send this energy through our bodies. We open up our chakras. We break down our obstructions and we heal ourselves and on that note we're going to end the verbal part of this call and and we're going to leave the lines open of course this is a conference call we're on a phone line and we're, anyone who's listening is welcome to join this call every night at 7 p.m. Pacific. The phone numbers of all of our calls are listed on thespiritchannel.net. Thespiritchannel.net. And also archives of 2,000 of our calls. So... If, if if we intrigued you today and you're on BBS, you can follow it up and uh, good things will happen. And on that note, we're going to end the verbal part, leave the lines open. I thank each of you for being here and not only supporting this call, but supporting this planet and supporting yourselves. And we'll see you next time. This session is no longer being recorded.